and yeah, we'll see you guys. And then we'll do it for episode 272 of the John Ball Show podcast. Because I agree with that. Please sit down. Uh, but then I remind myself that I'm watching it on the great side. I saw the video you did for the virtual cheers with Ratio here and Ratio is so cool because I mean that's like run by us also so like they always have all these great bands that come in and do a station session you got a cool story to tell they're just really friends with the music uh, what are you doing to stay busy? Number four, turn on the jobs. Sadly, not doing anything. Guitar and vocals of the band Make War, one of my new favorite bands, and I say new, you guys have been around for a bit, but you came into my consciousness here in Denver thanks to a guy named Nerf, who is the program director at this radio station we have called KTCL, and they have this HD channel called Punk Tacos. Have you ever heard of it? Now, but I love the name. So, <laughs> so Punk Tacos is, right? uh, is available. So like, if you have the iHeartRadio app, you can just go on there, and it's programmed. It's all punk, and, so and talk he a little found bit about you guys. Journey. And he started playing you and did, like, a whole records. blurb about Why you. And so when I heard it, and it was the song Oh Brother. It's the single kind of off your Get It Together album. When I heard it, I go, oh, my God, this is a song that makes me feel about punk rock the way that I felt when I was a teenager. We talk about and like awesome it was, it was just such a uh, force of nature. It hit me like a Mack truck, man. And, and so I was dying to talk I mean, to you guys shit, just because I love your sound, right I love your vibe, and I think you guys are cool. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, so welcome, With, man. Glad to have you. Wagon thank you. I, I haven't done, I haven't done a, a podcast interview in a while, so I'm excited. That's good. You're staying busy by kind of finding joy in the waves, which is good. What did you have on tap originally for 2020? What was it going to be like for me? Or what did it right. look like? This show sold out. <sighs> oh man, it was probably going to be our best year or something. But I mean, so what a far. Move. Um, and now so, I think yeah, we just put out the missed. new record. I've been able together to go to a concert in November January, on, on maybe even December. I can't remember when the last and one was. Is, this that, year, is that the first one? Yeah, I'm not going to make that mistake again. That's the first Whenever one. Whenever we can start going to concerts again, yeah. So this year was going to be. I mean, you already got a couple of like things that I really wanted to do, which was go to South America. So we went to Mexico. 
opportunity to, recap. to bring the show to you. And we had so thank you for the listening. best shows, thank you for like two sold out shows there. And hell yeah, and man, us what can as I say? like uh, headlining, is coming which to a was close, thank incredible. God. And I'm so that's how the year started. Started in Mexico and Costa Rica, and then we went to Denver to your hometown. We we played Radio Beer Works. And that one was also pretty fucking cool show. We went to Europe with Backup Backup, and that's my mission here. Also was super with you. I hope it was a super are, cool tour, safe, and you know most of the shows were already healthy, sold out. Taking care of yourself, but then and every sold out show that we kept on having, like now then, no plugs on the rooms front end here. were just, just like the show. Le- less and less like of the John Paul Trace you know, like, podcast. Like, Features Jose sold that show. You know, it's weird that it's not that. And it was because of because of the coronavirus. All right, because Europe was ahead of us. Yeah, of, yeah, locking down and things like that. That didn't happen here until March. Yeah, exactly. So we were there in March, in the middle of March, and we were supposed to play Italy. And when we were there, they told us, "Oh, like, all right, the Italy show got canceled," and that's when everything started happening. Like as soon as we played Prague, and then we left Prague, they closed the borders in Prague. You know, everywhere we kept on going. Like they kept on closing the borders behind us, so we were kind of like running away from the virus. <laughs> yeah. um, so just to tell you more about the year, we uh, we were supposed to finish that tour with Backup Backup, and then we were gonna tour the U.S. with uh, fuck, what's her name? Oh fuck. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, with, with the bump, with the bump ops, and then we were gonna go to, to Japan right after that for the first time ever. And then we were going to go back to Europe and, and play like Punk Rock Holiday oh, and play uh, a bunch of other cool festivals like Brat Rock. And then we were going to go to fucking Brazil and play with Malin Colin and Satanic Surfers. Jesus. <laughs> so I'm telling you, it's, it was going to be the best year for us. Dude, that's an epic year. I mean, and uh, like what great bands you're touring with. The Bomb Pops yeah. are fantastic. Millen Colin is one of my all-time favorites. I'm Swedish. So like those guys are you know close to my own heart, and I finally saw them for the first time in 2019. I've been fans of them for 20 years, but always missed them when they came through town. I hate when that happens. So yeah, I was I saw them, I also saw them in, on that tour uh, in New York, and they have the the best live harmonies. Yeah, yeah, no, they're incredible, and the fact that those guys have never broken up is really yeah. something. Like they, I don't think they've had a single lineup change. I don't think so either. Yeah, that's wild to me. So, yeah, this was yeah. the year you guys were going to go off like a rocket. Yeah, man. I mean, I, and I, and luckily we had we still had like some really cool stuff like like the backup tour and then before that right after our record came out we toured with Lagwagon and Face to Face last year uh in November, December. Man, I so what a show that would be Lagwagon and Face to Face to my to my other faves. And uh, I saw face to face with less than Jake out in Grand Junction, Colorado, and that was that was just a phenomenal show. I've seen face to face. I I don't know how many times, but tell me a little bit about the journey to getting onto Fat, and then what was it about Fat that sort of attracts you? I'm I'm always curious about record labels in 2020 because you know if you go back a little further. It was a goal to get signed to a record label. And now it seems like there are artists kind of willing to chart the path more DIY. But what does the label bring to you in 2020 that, that is attractive? Well, being being on FAD has been a dream of mine since I was like 16, 17. Uh, I who, mean, I who, did who were your bands growing up? Who, who, who I, were the ones you loved? 
Well, my favorite band is still Lagwagon, and it has been yeah. si- ever since. Um, <laughs> no, but I remember sending I sent Fat Records a, a demo of of my first band, and and I got a letter from from them back saying like, "Hey, listen, we like yourself, but like it's not not really our thing right now." <laughs> and I was like eighteen or nineteen back then, but it was so cool that they sent me a letter back. You know? Do you, Do you have that um, letter? I know. I wish I, I, I when <laughs> when we got signed, I was like, "Fuck! I wish I had this letter." So I could, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I've I've heard. I think it's in the fat documentary, or maybe it was on Krista makes a podcast. I can't remember, but um, they uh, they talked about like bands should compare all their fat rejection letters because almost everyone's been rejected by fat at least once. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I, with the letter it came like a, a a bunch of posters and stickers and like uh, a couple of like fat like fat for fat you know fat for fat people or whatever, uh, and it was cool. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and they don't have to do that. I mean, that like what, I know what exactly, a nice yeah. gesture. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, how many other labels do you submit to, and then you don't hear dick back, right? Yeah, I mean, and back and back in the day was like what two thousand two, two thousand three, and like internet music was not really a thing, so like CDs were still huge, and yeah, they know. were king. Yeah. So okay, so yeah, keep telling me uh, about the journey. You get rejected from Fat once with your previous band. Um, yeah, and, and where did it go from there? So I I, I was in college then, and. Uh, the band that that first band was a band from the, that I had with my my friends from Venezuela, and then we all we all actually moved to Miami to try to make it here, you know, try to get signed by someone, and we actually ended up getting signed by some random, super totally random like indie label in Miami. I for, I actually forgot their name, but uh, funny stories like I actually never met the person <laughs> that we got signed to. <laughs> Uh, never met him. Uh, the record never came out and it was all like, it, it was all kind of like a scam thing. Oh, sure. So my bandmates kind of hated me cause they're like, they're like, Oh, you made us like move here and we were supposed to have a record deal and all this shit. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's all my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they all, they all left and, uh, and I just finished, you know, I finished school. I, I went to school for graphic design. And in school, I met Edwin, who who's uh, our, my ba- our bass player. And we became, like, best friends ever since uh, in college. And Edwin and I just started, like, jamming and, like, just, like, playing. And we, we played with a couple of bands in, in Florida, like, a couple of, like, metal bands. And it was, they were really weird and we n- never really do, do anything like we played a couple of shows uh we were called zamora bleats okay we recall uh it was not my name not my band we literally just joined someone else's band <laughs> sure well sometimes i mean I, I have a friend here who used to he was in a bunch of bands like 90s denver punk bands one called crestfallen just tons of bands beyond that like they were opening for jimmy Eat world a lot because jimmy Eat world used to play through here all the time yeah and uh he was talking about how at one point he's like i really wish i just want to shred the bass in someone else's punk band right now because he had all these projects and it sometimes it's nice to not have all the hustle be on you yeah yeah. so, yeah, so yeah. i totally get that like i i do pr for a living and so i just subcontracted through this agency for a few months it was great i wasn't like having to eat what i kill and all that 
it was just like go in, do your job, go home. And I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's sometimes that rhythm is nice, but more often than not, I kind of need to like do my own thing and push my own projects hard. So yeah, are you kind of I mean, the same way? I get that. I mean, at least for for that band, it, I didn't feel that way because because I didn't have any other any other music projects going on. So that sure. was my thing. But but I, I do feel that way, especially with uh, with freelance with freelance uh, jobs that I get when I'm when I'm not playing music, you know, like especially right now when I'm not playing music, I'm just doing whatever art direction, uh, graphic design, like uh, job, and like it does feel nice to just go in, do your job, get paid, and come home, and then like keep writing music. But it's also kind of cool when when the job it's it's creative enough that you're like okay that I'm actually really into what I'm doing, and it's cool. But you know what? I don't forget who told me this, but someone was like, if you have your favorite uh, art direction job, advertising job right now, be, uh, you probably wouldn't like been touring or playing music as much. Right. Because, yeah, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, so I guess it's kind of cool that it's kind of cool that that whatever freelance jobs I was doing there. They were just a job, and then and the music was like my re- the real thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Someone I I heard one time referred to corporate work as slow, comfortable suicide, and I thought that's an interesting way of putting it. And I was always a little bit existentially kind of unhappy in a corporate gig. It wasn't until I got on my own. I'm like, okay, this is terrifying, but much more fulfilling. So yeah. I, I totally get that. I'm with you. So what does a what does a label do for you? I mean, outside of it being a dream, I mean, I totally get fat. Like, I I love fat records. I grew up on fat sound. Why be with a label in 2020? What what is it? Uh, what value does it add for you? Like like you said, like you love fat, and you and I don't know, like five other million people also also do that. Like they also fucking love the label. Yeah. So. Just by being on that label, you get like all those new fans that just like really like the label to like you. Okay, that has been every label that we've been. Because you know when we joined when we joined Red Scare, it was the same thing. Like Red Scare has a lot of fans that just automatically for being signed to Red Scare, then you nice. get new fans like that. Same in Europe when when we signed with uh, with Gunner with Gunner Records, it was the same. Like people. People, we went to Europe for the first time as a headliners, and we didn't think that we were going to see anyone. But but shows were good, and people, a lot of people just told us like we literally just came because we knew it was a gun and record show, and we had to check out the band. So I think that's what labels, especially especially punk rock labels, do that to to bands right now. I hadn't considered that angle, but yeah, you you almost borrow some credibility. It's like baked in. It's like, oh, okay, so Fat likes these guys. They probably yeah. have a sound that I'm really into. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think back. I mean, you've been a Fat fan forever. You mentioned, you know, the comps, you know, Life in the Fat Lane and uh, Fat Music for Fat People. Uh, yeah. All those comps. I would I would always discover a new band like on those comps. So yeah, you're right. I guess I'd never put that together. Like an idiot, but um, <laughs> but that's uh, that's a great way of thinking about it. And so, no, I totally get it. And how's the experience been on Fat? Good. 
it's it's been it's been amazing. And you mentioned the comps. Uh, the other day, I saw that they were making this uh, comps for for uh, the festivals that were supposed to happen uh, this year. And the comps the comps came out, and I was like, "Holy shit, we are on a Fat Records comp." Yeah. And that, that was like, that was the thing. Like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, it's cool that this records came out. And then I put it together. I'm like, wow. Like, I remember this fucking comps, like you said, like the comps that, that, that you listen when uh, back in the day. I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's badass. I like, and I'm thrilled for you. Like, that's, that's a total like dream come true to see your name. Like on there with, you know, I imagine Lagwagons on there and Strung Out and all these like, yeah. all these great yeah. bands. How is it growing a band in, uh, let's say pre pandemic? Um, because Rock's place in the world is not what it once was. Rock always used to be front and center. That was, that was like everything music wise almost. But now it's a little bit different. Everything is a little bit more subcultured and a little bit more siloed. And in terms of how you grow a band, like, what is that process like uh, prior to the pandemic? And then how are you guys trying to keep momentum going in the midst of this weird pandemic? Oh man. I always like, I, I always thought that if you, for anything, if you work hard and you are nice to whoever you're working with, like things will happen. So we basically never said no to anything. Any show, any tour, anything that came to us, we always say yes. That's how Make War like went from being no one to where we are right now. Yeah. And did that ever burn you out? Were, were there moments where you were close to yeah, being like... Yeah, our, our drummer, Greg, who was a drummer, uh, he was like, listen, we got to stop saying yes to everything because I want to become a doctor and I want to I wanna do these things. And like, and there, there were some tours that were like, fuck dude, like we can't say no to this like strung out tour. I'm sorry. Like it's going to be a fucking great tour. So we have to hire a, a, a new drummer just for that tour. Oh, Not weird. a new drummer, but like I hired gun for that tour. Yeah. Like a contract kind yeah, of drummer. Yeah. 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 I get you. Wow. That's so, yeah, it was a, it's a little burned out for, 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 for some of us and, and for, for myself as well. Sometimes like. So when we signed when we signed to Red Scare, uh, Toby was like, "Hey, like this fucking band from Australia, it's it's wants to tour with you guys. You guys want to do a like a month and a half tour? It was this band called The Decline, and they had like a whole U.S. tour plan. And we're like, yeah, whatever, let's fucking do it. And it's like right before right before we went to Europe for it was the first, it was the second time in Europe. So we're like, all right, if we say yes to this. We're only going to have five days at home, and then we're going to go to Europe for another month. <laughs> wow. Uh, that tour fucking burned us for sure, but uh, but it was still worth it. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> how, how do you take care of yourself on the road? Like, how do you keep your spirits up? How do you keep your health up? Like, how, how do you do self-care when you're on the road that much, when you guys basically don't say no to anything? That's amazing. Well, back in the day, it was... Cause, cause we were a little younger. Uh, we <laughs> aging we, is a bitch, isn't we it? We literally just went. We just went hard. We just went hard, hard, hard every day, and then we kind of like, you know, slept when we got home. Like when I say hard, like we drank almost every day. We like party and we just play shows. 
but now these days, you know, we, we try to take it way more easy. Like, uh, luckily we're like being able to like not sleep in, you know, floors. So like we've been trying to get at least a bed for a couple of us. So, and, and the tours, the tours that we've been getting now are like, the drives are so much longer. So we can't party every day like we just do in, <laughs> in every in every fucking bar. Everyone's like, all right, guys, like the show's over. Like, where are we going after this? I'm like, sorry, we've got to drive at least four hours after the show because we have to drive another five or six the next day. Oh, God. Yeah. Dude, those are long uh, days. I, yeah, but I, but I, I actually I actually been I, I I try to I try to run uh when I when I'm on tour, you know I meditate now these days I uh what else do I do? Definitely eat way healthier than I used to. Uh, we don't do we don't do any fast food. If we do fast food, we do what's it called? We we do Subway and we only do like vegetarian sandwiches. Oh wow. And because fuck the subway meat, <laughs> fuck subway bread, fuck subway every anything. But at least it's like they, if it's nothing around, I think I want to say subway is the best bet for what you should eat. Subway is at least reliable. You kind of know what you're getting. And... Yeah, it always it would always smell the same. It would always taste <laughs> the same, even if it's like whatever whatever you put on it on the subway sandwich, it always tastes the same. I th- <laughs> it's so weird. I, it is weird. I think Pete Holmes has a joke about that where he's like everything from the bread to the veggies to the napkins to the fucking iced tea all has that same like you walk into a subway and it smells the exact same no matter where you are yeah the sandwich would taste like the smell (laughs) yes that's exactly what it smells like have you guys done many of those like virtual shows the streaming ones i saw the one where you did um like three covers of no effects in spanish which i thought was really cool have you done many of those uh, so that was our first as a full band live stream. Uh, but as soon as the pandemic started, I got asked. I got asked to do a, a bunch of them acoustic on Facebook. Uh, so I did. But it was actually to help other things. Like um, we were supposed to play Booze Cruise in Germany in, in May. So the Booze Cruise people were like, "Hey, like we're trying to gather everyone that was was going to play the show to do this to help out." the venues that are closed right now. So we, I did it and it was fucking awesome. And they collected a bunch of money. And then I, I just kept on doing that for, for other festivals that kept on asking me. But, but what I did was like, I, I just say like, Hey, listen, like it, it only, if you can, can you donate to, to this PayPal, uh, you know, donation account, just, you know, to see if I can get anything. And I did, I did a bunch of those and people actually, help help me tremendously and then uh but then i i think i got burned down and i think people actually got burned down too because because the people were like it went from like 100 watching to 50 to yeah. 20 to like only 10 and i'm like all right maybe i need to stop doing all these like i don't know yeah maybe be a little bit more judicious in yeah the, in your choices no i get that i i've wondered about those shows it's got to be surreal. It kind of reminds me of being on the radio because I remember sitting in that dark studio back when I was on like terrestrial radio and I'm like, there's like hundreds and maybe even thousands of people listening to me right now. I cannot see or hear any of them. And that is such it's a the worst part. It's the worst part of it. Yeah. It's such a weird feeling. And I was wondering how you guys keep your energy up for, for things like that when you're doing it. On my first, on my first uh, Facebook live thing that I did for Booth Cruise. 
I was shaking. I was the most fucking scared I ever been. I don't know why. It was only me and my phone. And yep. I was just like, holy shit. Like, I finished a song. And then I just didn't know what to say because I didn't get the, the feedback from the people. <laughs> right. You know, like I didn't get anything. So it's just like, I was like, I fucking hate this. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but then I, I don't know. Then I kind of got used to it. Then the second one was better. Then the third one was better. And then on the fourth one, I was just like drinking and wearing sunglasses. It was, uh, it was, uh, uh, I think it was the first one that I was doing. And I was just like, all right, how's everyone doing? And this and that. And like, I don't know, it was fucking cool. But that's the worst part of it. Like, I, I wish someone invented something that as soon as you finish the song, you can really hear everyone that is watching you say something. No shit, right? Yeah. Um, I can't imagine what that's like for a musician. It might be worse if you're a comedian. Because yeah. like, if you're telling these jokes and you can't hear laughter... Jesus, like that's got to be just a crisis. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you're sitting there, you're like, is this shit even funny? What am I even doing? Yeah, um, I know. I mean, I, I know. So I do communications training as part of my business too. And so I had one the day before Halloween and I had like this tearaway shirt on. And so what I did was I'm like, you know, people are craving different energy, particularly as we're doing these Zoom meetings to death. Basically, like give them something different. So I put the headband on. And then I tore off my shirt and I had a Cobra Kai like costume underneath. Sick. And so I could see everyone laughing, but everyone was on mute, so I couldn't hear shit. I had no idea how well it landed. Yeah. Uh, but it's like people are craving that energy. So hell yeah, man. Get weird. Wear the sunglasses. Pander yeah. to the crowd. Do it up. Like that's that's all that's what we're looking for. Do you know do you know that you mentioned the one that we did with no effects and the the covers? Yeah. And what what I actually liked about that one was that it was pre-recorded, so we so we recorded it live, and then we sent the video to Fest, okay. and then they played it. They played it whenever they played it. But the fun thing about it was that I was actually watching with the other people, and I was reading every comment, and I was getting stoked with everyone because everyone was like saying, "Like, holy shit, this is amazing!" I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, <laughs> I, I'm like actually reading and like feeling this stuff, you know? So. That that might actually be a, a best way to do it. Like Hell yeah. record record it and then be with the people, even if it's just a chat, just like be on it and like type with them. I don't know. I feel like that may be better. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, mainline some of that energy because you're not gonna get it from an audience, at least in the near term. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, enjoy it with them virtually. Yeah, watch it back and be like, okay, that's that's cool. I was kind of hoping you were going to do this in that weird mask that you were wearing for that. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I wasn't hoping for that at all. <laughs> that would be too. Weird. I don't know where that is. I have to look for it. But I uh, I realized at one point I was driving around and I had my music on so fucking loud, just like as loud as my stereo would go. And I go, oh, you know what? I really miss concerts. That uh, is probably the thing that I actually miss the most is going to shows. And I mean, I'm I'm almost forty at this point. I have kids; they're six and four. But I was still making it out to shows because I love them. And yeah. so, one thing I heard, I think it was Vinny from Lesson Jake told me this. I think as an audience member, you underestimate your role in creating a good show because you know you come out and you're like, oh, the band was really flat, or you know, I wasn't vibing this set or whatever. Some of that's transactional. Like, we got a role in that, too. If the crowd is hyped, the band tends to get hyped. Do you agree with that? 
Yeah, I agree that with that hundred percent. Yeah. Um, how do you overcome it when a crowd is really flat? Like, do you do you dial it up or do you do you go? You know what? Let's ease off the gas on this one. I try. I try my best, man. I I try. I try the 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 handful of jokes that I know, and I try to come up with new ones. <laughs> I try. If I don't get it back, I was like, I, I I'm like, okay, I guess we're just gonna play the show and get paid and get the fuck out. Yeah. Like, but I try very hard. But yeah, there's some tough grass out there, especially when they really don't want they really don't want to see you. They just want to see the the main act, you know. Like that that frustrates the hell out of me because I always get there early. I always check out the opening bands just because, like, one of the old guy complaints you always hear is like, you know, the music isn't as good as when I was in high school. That's such horse shit. Like that just means you stopped looking. Yeah. Um, and so I always go check out the opening bands just because I never know where the next great act is going to come from. And so, like, I. Yeah. And you always know if you like whoever is whoever is the headliner, you know that whoever they're taking in with them, they they have to be somehow either related or or good enough for them to take. Totally. So yeah, no, I I agree with you one hundred percent. I'm interested in talking about Get It Together, which top to bottom is such a great album. You know, thematically, I would say there's a lot of like charged kind of political, call it commentary in there. And I'm curious, as we're going into 2021 and there's going to be a change in federal leadership, um, does that influence kind of the way that you guys write songs? Are you optimistic going into 2021? How are you feeling? Well, first off, I I love that you think that it's going to be a change, which I think is going to be a change also. (laughs) But we're still waiting on that. (laughs) Right. This fucking guy is just still tweeting that he won, you know. This right. so it's so funny. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to, and this is kind of uh, not in my nature as someone who is kind of a pissy individualist. But I'm trying to put my faith in our system and our institutions, and I'm hoping that they are strong enough to withstand this. That's what I. That's what I say. That's what I. Uh, I was. I was telling my my girlfriend Lily. I'm like, I honestly don't think that would happen in the united states but who knows you know who the fuck knows dude you you never know how fragile this yeah. shit is yeah. uh, until like you really run a stress test on it and our, our current president seems intent on putting the maximum amount of stress on all of our systems yeah well and 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 to to answer more to answer the question i already started writing i started writing this year because it's you know like there's nothing else to do but but surfing and writing music. Sure. <laughs> so automatically, you know, like the first couple of songs were about the the lockdown. Then you know, there's some songs about the protests and and Black Lives Matters. And then there were a lot of songs wishing for Donald Trump to die when when he when he fucking got the COVID. When like. After I listened to that uh, that John K. Samson, I don't know if you are you familiar with John K. Samson from the Wicked Thans? Uh Sounds familiar, but I don't think the, so. The Wicked Thans, like he used to play, he used to play in uh, Propaganda. Oh sure, yeah, okay. Uh, so he just put out a song uh, called something about fantasy baseball, and he okay. he literally he literally wishes for the president to die, and I'm like, okay. And I, I just thought about it. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm gonna wish for the president to die as well, and see and see if that happens. You know, if more people wishes it. <laughs> but I said so. I wrote all those. I mean, I, there's like not they're not full songs, but they're like ideas on the songs. And then when when the elections happen, 
I was like, oh, fuck, like all the songs that I wrote about like him dying are not going to happen. And like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> it's like, sure. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm sure we're, we're still going to write about whatever is happening because that's that's what we do. And that's but yeah, we'll, I don't know. I don't know. What's, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of an impossible question to answer because, you know, in term we don't know what's ahead. And yeah. this year has proven that we never know what's ahead. I mean, if you would have told me in, say, December of last year that by March this would have happened, like it, that's just impossible to kind of wrap your head around. Yeah. <clears throat> but the thing that's interesting to me is your guys' stuff is political, but uh, I would say compared to a propaganda or to, say, a Pennywise – your stuff feels a little bit more optimistic and a little more humanistic to me. Yeah. And so, I mean, I understand the feelings about the president, but that doesn't feel like the vibe of you guys overall. It, it doesn't seem like scorched earth, you know, compared to what's on Get It Together. I mean, maybe that's where the turn comes, but in terms of the way that you guys write songs, it feels a little more hopeful and optimistic to me. It's, am I reading that fairly? No, no, you're reading that perfectly uh that's that's exactly what what, what we wanted to do because because we were really not a political band like get it together right. was i guess our first record when we were kind of got a little political but we're not like super political no, no. like you said you know um we're just basically saying the facts and trying to tell people like listen like this uh there's not no, there's no right or wrong but this just like you know, just think about what you're doing and think and just be good to yourself and be good to others, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, one of my favorite bands is Rise Against. And I mean, that's that's a very sort of overtly political band. It's got a very overtly political name. But so much of their songs, I think, are, are hopeful. You know, you think about a song like Savior or like uh, Paper Wings, you know, those are about... Uh, relationships and heartbreak and things like that and and how you overcome things so it's it's interesting i think that bands often get tagged with the political label even though a lot of their stuff isn't like the song oh brother is god damn man i like i said it earlier in this but that song just hit me like a mack truck and so like I, I think what you're telling me is, yeah, we're going to comment on what's going on. Like, here's how we feel. Here's what we see. But that's not the entirety of who we are. Yeah. Can we talk about the O Brother video? Because as a Tarantino <laughs> fan, <laughs> when I saw that, I already loved the song. And then I, I recognized the font immediately because I'm a big Tarantino freak. That's awesome. Um, was that your guys doing or was that pitched to you? How did that come about? Because it, so, that's... so anyone who doesn't know, by the way, and I'll just set this up. It, it looks like Reservoir Dogs. You guys are all wearing your black suits, your white shirt, black tie. You're sitting around a diner, um, and you're kind of singing the song, but it's like you're having a conversation. And then there's the iconic shot of you all walking, you know, uh, with, yeah. with the Steadicam. How, how did that come about? That whole idea is from my, one of my best friends, uh, Chris Kent. He, him and I have been friends for, in New York uh, for the, like ever since I moved here, kind of. Uh, he's a you know he's a writer director editor and he oh, he well he actually did our our video for ode i don't know if you've seen that oh yeah yeah video. yeah and that one was like toby from redsker was like i need a video if if you guys want your your first single to have a video i need a video in two days two I'm like, Jesus. Okay. i'm like okay uh so i told chris like chris can we do a video in, in a day 
He's like, all right, we'll try. So ever since Chris, Chris and us did that video, he wanted to do a proper video because like that old video was just him and the camera and shots of whiskey and like beers and going to our favorite bars and eating pizza. You know, that's it. Like, yeah, no, have, it, it, have, it looks good. Like it, it's, it's beautifully shot, but you're right. Like there's, there's not a, a ton of story to it. Yeah, and it was, and it was. I guess it was kind of good for the song because, like, the song is it's literally about right a, a, a night out in New York City and like just like having New York like hugging you when you're feeling bad and just like you know being with friends and drinking beer and whiskey. So I guess I, I get. I guess it made sense. But um, but when we had the time to to do a proper music video, I told him, "Listen, this is a song that we want to do. This is our, this is going to be our first single." And he's like, all right, I have this idea. I don't know if it's going to go with this song, but I've always wanted to do this fucking idea for a music video. So can we do this, like like you said, like Tarantino style, Reservoir Dogs? And I'm like, cool. Let's fuck. I mean, sure. I'm sure it's going to look great. So let's do it. Uh, he knew a lot of people with like fancy ass cameras and like, and, and then the guy that owned the camera really nice guy really fucking like he he's done like legit movies but he quoted me an insane amount of money for the camera for a van for like the crew for uh uh fucking you know the food and the drinks and right. i'm like dude this is not a, this is not a commercial or a movie this who, is... who do you think we are here like... yeah exactly i'm like i don't think we can... i mean i'm like i have a van i'm sure i can ask someone to provide the food and you know the drinks are probably going to come from from the uh, from the bar that we're shooting, which is one of my favorite bars, and like uh, one of my best friends also also owns the bar. And then, like I'm trying to make this like a, in in the family, right. <laughs> you know. So he we ended up convincing him, and he he ended up also providing the camera, and Chris directed it, and um, so I'm so happy with it. And we you know. Yes, I love the video. I love that you loved it too, and I love that you knew exactly what's going to be as soon as you saw the fonts. Oh, dude! I, as I mean, I have three loves in terms of pop culture in my life: it's punk rock, it's Tarantino, and it's professional wrestling. So, I mean, what awesome. what, what can I say? Like when awesome. when two of those worlds collide, I, I'm about as happy as it gets. Fuck yeah! Um, have you guys played Denver much? So I was I was gonna say we were just there with uh, Lagwagon and face to face. I don't know if you were there. No, goddamn! When was that? I missed that show. Uh, that was I don't know October, September last year. Okay. November? I don't know. Oh shit! You know what? It was November because I was in Chicago that weekend. Yeah. Um, and so I so, like, have you noticed in your life everything happens like on the same weekend or the same day? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Most of the times. <laughs> we were visiting some friends out there and going to a live wrestling show of all things, because of course, punk rock and wrestling can't exist on the same day or they have to exist on the same day. Yeah. But no, that, that would be an all time kind of show for me because I love both those bands so much. That was a great show. Uh, Denver is amazing. We, uh, I mean, I love the food. I love the scene. And, and the last couple of shows we were there were incredible so i love i love colorado i love denver but i also love uh fort collins and fort collins is only an hour away right oh hell yeah man i went yeah. to college there got bachelor's and master's in fort collins so ah, sick. yeah what a great great town 
one of my favorite restaurants here in Denver. Uh, I know you're from Venezuela, and I'd be curious how you'd feel about this place. It's called Quiero Arepas, and it's from, uh, I mean, they're from Venezuela. And so, like, these things, they're legit, man. They are so good. Is it the one that is, because we actually went to a Venezuela, I think it was either Venezuela or Colombia, but it was right next to the venue. I forgot the name of the venue that we're playing. Is it the Oriental Theater? Oh, the Oriental, yeah. Which I think is a weird name for a theater. I think maybe they should change their name. But uh, uh, but right next to it, there was this place. Uh, I think it was Venezuelan, but it, it might have been not been the same place. That you I don't think about. it's the same place because they got a brick and mortar shop uh, on the on another side of town. They've got another one inside, like you know those like food halls that they have now. Yeah. Um, there's one there, and they have a food truck, but uh, it's killer, man. And so. Um, next time you guys are out this way, you should give them a shout and I will meet you there. We should, uh, cool. yeah, yeah. we should Let's get that. So, all right. I'll tell you what, this is the point where we wrap up. Do plugs, man. Where can people find you? Where can they find make war? Anything you want to plug, plug it now. We did a live, um, like kind of show at St. Vitus, which is one of my favorite, uh, uh venues here in Brooklyn that I don't know when it's going to be out, but it's going to be out in this uh, around December. Sure. So that's going to be really cool, I think, because it's going to be a proper, like, no covers. We're, like, we're just uh, celebrating Get It Together. So we play a lot of Get It Together and some of the old stuff. And the sound and the video is is fucking awesome. I think it's going to be really cool. I don't know what else I can plug. Seriously, because there's nothing going on. (laughs) (laughs) There is, in fact, nothing going on. Well, here's what I'll do. Um, I'll point people to your website, to your social media channels, and so people can stay up on Make War, man, like, <clears throat> because you guys are great. And I wanted to talk to you just because, A, I wanted to tell you how much I love your band. And B, wanted to spread the word as much as I can because we're coming up on Thanksgiving here. It's time to express some gratitude, do the things that find us joy. And you guys are definitely a part of that for me. So um, wish you good health, wish you happiness, and uh, continued success to you, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, John.